0: To another episode of out of the blank podcast ashley it's a pleasure to have you on the show would you like to introduce yourself to everyone out there listening
1: hi uh, yeah i'm ashley jovic uh, i was a senior engineering program manager at apple for about seven years uh, i graduated law school i'm a lawyer i'm not a practicing attorney um i work on uh you know advocacy and policy and mostly just right now pro se representing myself on my lawsuits against apple I they know. have a lot of resources available. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: I know. When I looked up and saw your profile and it said like Apple whistleblower and I saw you had all the law stuff located on there, I was like, dang, you went against Apple. That's like going against, I don't know, Google. Like those are just like monolithic companies in my mind. So I'm curious, how did you enter this whole story with Apple? Like how how did this all unfold?
1: Yeah. So I was working in tech for like a decade. I was at Nike first and then Apple and these companies, they have their problems. <laughs> like, uh, they all seem to have, you know, some similar operational problems and politics and stuff. But it was kind of an honor to get to work at, you know, high up positions at these companies doing such cool stuff. That, like, I'm wearing the shoes, the Nike shoes, and I'm like working on the supply chain to bring them about. Or I'm the person pushing the button to like actually send iOS updates out. Yeah. Like, yeah during yeah. the period of 2015, if you got an iOS update, there's a good chance that I pushed the button that you got it from me. Like that's like a life story. Kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, but I didn't, act. I didn't love the corporate stuff and I wanted to do human rights law. So I was in law school. Um, but I was still, you know, doing very, very well at Apple and then <laughs> disaster unfolds in 2020 and early 2021. So I had moved into a new apartment complex in 2020, closer to my law school. And I got sick within like a week, like disabling ER sick, like fainting all the time. My heart was going nuts. I felt just like I was dying. I'd never had anything like that before. Fast forward like seven months, come to find out they had built these apartments on a bunch of toxic waste. And then fast forward a year and a half later, I realized also Apple's operating a secret semiconductor manufacturing plant right outside the windows of this apartment complex. And they're like venting all the crap into our windows that's been like this year has just been digging into that being like you're doing what
0: <laughs> i'm like so used to like people being like oh it was built on top of an old cemetery but you're like nope just uh built on top of a bunch of toxic waste
1: yeah yeah and poorly mitigated and so california like you start talking to california people are like not all toxic waste is the same some of it is properly <laughs> mitigated and they'll get in all the nuance so i i my initial reaction is to do that, too, because that's how you engage with them. But generally, I would prefer no toxic waste mm. in the proximity. Just of- anything oh.
0: toxic is not that good. No, I think mean, that's why the word toxic exists. But
1: so to that point, uh, as I learn, oh, I'm actually on all of these chemicals. And um, the, I talked to two chemical exposure doctors and they're like, all of your symptoms are solvent expo- exposure. I had a depressed nervous system. The fainting, the bradycardia, my heart rate like dramatically went much, much slower. You could see it on like my Apple Watch data. I had tumors, I had rashes, all this stuff that was up. They they, like screened me for everything, like MS, fatal arrhythmias, brain tumors and all this. And they're like, oh, it's actually solvent exposure. So somehow you were. And so I'm like asking a lot of fucking questions because I thought I was dying. And then they're just brushing it off like, oh, you're just on a dumpster. So that's why you're sick. Um, so I learned a lot about the history of Silicon Valley that in the 60s, 70s, 80s, there was an incredible amount of manufacturing, uh, and semiconductor manufacturing is one of the most dangerous industries in like the history of the world because of all of the dangerous chemicals that are needed to create silicon or semiconductors. That's what they put in our
0: iPhones, right?
1: Everything, anything that's running, that's like (laughs) compute, anything related to being a computer is going to have some kind of silicon in it. So it's, it's the computer brain. So, you know, very prioritized, that <laughs> this work's important to these companies, that's how they make their money. Um, and in that period in Silicon Valley, it was also basically Defense Valley, they used to call it, because uh, it was mostly defense contractors. So Silicon Valley got its start doing all this work for DOD and military. Um, so there's a lot of pollution, though, from that time, because they were moving very, very quickly, and there weren't a ton of regulations. So whether it was accidental or just literally pouring their chemicals into their backyard because it was cheaper than getting rid of them, there's all of these this contamination in the soil and then the water under the ground um, across Santa Clara County. It actually has the most of these toxic sites of anywhere in the nation and has the most super fun sites, which is the federal program, anywhere in the nation. Like it's a very toxic area. So first, like people are normalizing it. They're like, oh, that happens all the time here. And I'm like, and then I'm like, how? And they're explaining that when these chemicals evaporate from the ground, they can push up into buildings and then you can be exposed to it. So the plan of record for the mitigation is often like put concrete on top and you should be fine as long as it doesn't crack.
0: That's about as smart of an idea as like some dude just pulling out one of those giant fans and just setting it in the middle of the street like this will take care of it.
1: So that's the second mitigation.
0: (laughs) Damn.
1: (laughs) The first one is let's just put concrete on top. And the second one is let's put some fans underneath that concrete to blow all that poison up through some pipes to the roof to kill the birds up top instead of the people inside. And then the third mitigation, I shit you not, is let's pour some salad dressing into that groundwater and see if it neutralizes the acid.
0: Wait, wait. Like balsamic, balsamic vinaigrette. What are we talking about here?
1: Uh, I think it's generally, there's like the canola oils and um, soybean oils. They're trying to neutralize the acids mostly.
0: So not Caesar ranch. They're just dumping on the.
1: I would not be surprised for the ones that are not doing it as professionally. Like there's not, and and the companies don't ever want to clean the stuff up. They don't want to take responsibility. International law, there's this concept, polluter pays. That when you are going to damage something, that person who damaged it, that country, that company, you have an obligation to now fix and remedy that harm you caused. And the U.S. has tries our own version of that.
0: (laughs) I would think that if it was like with the DOD and all those in the early days of Silicon Valley that were like with the Defense Department that is funding a lot of these people to make these things, these micro, whatever the, the processors are, that they would probably have the tightest legal stuff possible to where there is no loophole to even get through that. I feel like you'd be shouting at a brick wall, basically.
1: Correct. And that was one of my first things that I brought up is I'm like, if DOD did it and DOD has the biggest budget of anyone on the entire planet, why can't DOD just clean up their crap? And they're like, we can't sue DOD because they're also the same government as us so unless like the president made them <laughs> so to that point like they're yeah they won't do anything so you're relying on these private companies and they're saying hey polluter pays and everywhere else people clean up their mess and they're like no
0: it's a, the, little, the reason- it's a little ironic that you're going to human rights law and then you get set in that situation
1: you know, at this point, so much crazy stuff. And we're only going to like, dude, like tip the iceberg in this conversation. Like I can go on for like 20 hours of all the crazy stuff that's happened in the last 20, um, two years. But I, I, I don't know. At this point, I feel like the universe was just kind of setting me up. But they're like, your version of human rights you're working on is just people getting poisoned by toxic waste and spied upon. Like those are
0: your two. <laughs> before we get to like the spying on, like when you were getting sick at your apartment, did you go around and ask any other individuals at your apartment that like, or anybody in the area, if they were getting sick too, or if they knew anything about this, or was this strictly like the doctors talked about the solvent thing and you immediately started looking into the area?
1: I mean, this all served up for what happened with Apple too, is the property manager and developer is the wealthiest property developer in the country. It's Irvine company. And so when I started talking to like lawyers and agencies, they're like, oh, be careful with Irvine. They're highly litigious and they're scary and they don't like bad PR. So I was encouraged to not reach out to neighbors because Irvine might just like sue me for defamation or something to get me to go away. So instead, I wrote a expose of what happened to me and what I discovered about the site. Um, SF Bayview, a wonderful San Francisco independent newspaper published it. And I had a number of other victims quickly reach out who had other mysterious symptoms like me. Uh, Women apparently get sicker from this exposure for a number of reasons, our hormones and endocrine systems, and we have more body fat and all this. So there were several women who were very sick like I was. Uh, So we bring that to the government. The government's not helping at all. Like They're like, we don't, unless you can prove all these chemicals down there and you can show them coming into your apartment and show them getting into you and have doctors sign off that that's exactly what caused it and then maybe we ask irvine if they can test so i'm learning that like these companies generally don't do much cleanup they're pretty much immune for liability even if people get sick and it's really difficult to prove when you are sick. so i tried to hire someone to like test the air to show it was in my air come to find, it didn't match what was in the ground but this year it matched what's in Apple's secret semiconductor factory so now I can (laughs) I was like oh look it was what they're venting out of their exhaust um but that was really expensive and it was really expensive to like uh you know educate myself with this and connect with people and all the time I'm spending and I'm realizing that like there's a reason why they usually do this around people who don't have a lot of income because they have no way to have a fighting chance at all to even prove what's happening to them
0: They'll be you out in legal fees.
1: Oh, um, it's just, it's impossible. So all of this is happening and I'm getting like <sighs> the enlightenment of this is a thing and it's so frustrating and it's so harmful. And a lot of this is just like, seems like basic due diligence that it could have been taken care of way up front to prevent such harm later. And then I get an email and my Apple email account uh, to me and the, the management team where I work saying Apple wanted to test for vapor intrusion at our office. And that's all they said. And they'd never told us that our office was a super fun site. One of those federally overseen cleanup sites because it was so toxic. Uh, And they didn't explain what vapor intrusion was. So I took that opportunity after everything I had just gone through. And I explained to them, and it was like managers. It wasn't even like, you know, the whole staff of, hey, so just, you know, a super phone site is this federally overseen cleanup site. It's federal because it's so dangerous. Here's ours. Here's the EPA link to where our office, you know, the EPA documentation for it. And by vapor intrusion, they'll they're want to check to see if those chemicals from under the ground are pushing up through our floor in that concrete indoor air.
0: Now, do they expect people to just know this who live in California and might be getting a job in California because it's just common history there? Or did they give you a warning before you got the job there? Like The first thing they should roll out on the carpet like, hey, before you get your first paycheck, we want to let you know that this is built on top of one of those ancient burial grounds and you might get sick or something. Just toss that out to the side so I have the info.
1: They absolutely will never do that. The only reason I knew is, so I had been in Infinite Loop for a couple of years and I was transferring to a different team into this office. And one of my good friends, she grew up in the area. And when she was asking, she's like, oh, what office are you in? And I, I said, I was like, oh, 825 Stewart. And she's like, you know, that's a super fun site, right? And I'm like, what is a super fun? She's like, not fun, Fund. Funda. There's a D, <laughs> very unfun. And so she explains it to me. And then like when she tells it to me, and I realize they never told me. And she's like, oh yeah, and like Infinite Loops on a cleanup site and Apple Parks on a super fun site plume too. And I'm like, you know, you inherently know that they don't want you to know that no one told you. And then as I go through this part with the the apartments, and I'm like, why didn't they tell us about at least the toxic waste underneath? And they're like, They're not legally obligated to, if you're a tenant, they only have to disclose it if it's a real property transfer. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And and then there's um, there's a federal right to know, which I started learning about and became a very tense point of contention between me and Apple. Um, So federal right to know uh, if you're a worker and you're working like at a manufacturing plant, your employer is supposed to tell you what industrial chemicals you're around, give those material data sheets, of like um, safety precautions and what kind of issues they could cause and how to treat spills and all of that. And so when I'm complaining about my Apple office, which turns into this whole thing, <laughs> cause they were not properly overseeing it at all. It was lots of negligence. They found a ton of safety issues when the EPA raided the office based on my disclosures and found a ton of issues. Um, but I was like, Apple, why don't you tell us? Don't we have a right to know if we're exposed to chemicals? And Apple was like, we weren't testing the air. So there's no evidence you were exposed to chemicals.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Holy shit.
1: (laughs) All these little games, right? And like they're deadly games, but they're little, little things they're always trying to do to get out of trouble. And when everything blew up with that, so I start asking questions and my boss tells me not to talk to my coworkers about my safety concerns. And he's a director. And I like escalate to my other boss, my senior director, like seven hundred people, forty countries, and they're just like, "Yeah, don't freak people out, you know, just just be chill." I'm like, "Be chill." So I start, and then I start immediately getting retaliated upon from like HR itself. So what I later learned is I what I stumbled into is Apple realized back in 2020 that they were the ones that probably made me sick. Cause they were actually had a bunch of chemical releases of very serious, dangerous chemicals, uh, including ones that were like exactly matching all my
0: I just want to say, I know we're laughing about this now, but I understand the pain that you probably went through dealing with all this. And I'm very sorry for that. I had a similar experience at my work so I can understand like this, the business manipulation aspect, it sucks and it really hurts. And it makes you feel like you don't have any power in some things. And I think that's it's wrong. And I'm sorry that you went through this.
1: I appreciate that. And sorry for you too. I do try to keep it upbeat so people will listen because otherwise I just cry and then they cry and we all cry and like, it's hard (laughs) to talk about it. (laughs) It's incredibly painful and it shows the power dynamics in this country where just like refusing to provide information to ensure the employer has power over you and you cannot even like begin to obtain agency to advocate for your own rights and all of that. It's just disgusting um so that started really bothering me seeing that coming from apple too that they're trying to shut me up and very quickly were trying to get me to like quit it was clear like they wanted me to just leave uh and now it makes sense now that they knew that they made me sick and they were messing up on my office (laughs) so they were like let's get her out of here and i was like absolutely not
0: i'm curious but besides the hr stuff like the emails and all that like were they doing anything with like scheduling wise? Were they messing with your work hours at all? Were they shifting things around just to make it feel like you're more in a hostel? Nobody wants to walk into their job and kind of be like sitting in their car and be like, because they have to go into work, it's a, that's a terrible experience. But I guarantee you, most people have experienced that before. But then also being inside your workplace and realizing that, like, you feel like you're being kind of singled out or just pushed out just because you might have something that could be important to other employees. I mean, you're doing the right thing by trying to at least ask people and just be like, "Hey, is anybody aware of this? Like, this is leaking in our office, and you know, I saw a guy spreading salad dressing, you know, out on the street, and I'm a little curious." <laughs>
1: Oh, actually, to the last little bit of that before we move on, and let's go deep in this because it's important. Um, but Apple in like June, so they they send the email late March, and they're retaliating. Everything is crazy, and like it's like June, they send me an email being like, by the way, there's a bunch of cracks in the floor, and we're gonna seal them all
0: before
1: we test the air. Duct tape. Airman?
0: They brought duct tape. I bet you.
1: I think they actually sealed them because when the EPA showed up, it was like freshly sealed. But I was like, you need to test the air before you seal them because that's exactly how vapor intrusion occurs. And we're going to have no idea what our chemical exposure was for seven years if you seal it before you test. You also need to report that to the EPA. That's a change of circumstances because your mitigation system is now compromised and has been for some time. And Apple's like, we're absolutely not telling the EPA. And I'm like, I'm going to tell the EPA and then Now let's go through the checklist of retaliation.
0: (laughs) That's crazy because you got to think for your own health, like you would want to know how much you were exposed to chemical wise. And if they're looking at more of like a lawsuit aspect for them, of being sued for whatever by the EPA, then you get you, you're, but you need the info. That's important to anybody that was in that office to understand if you're going to have some long-term health effects that are eventually going to pop up.
1: There's generally about a hundred people in that office at any time. If you think about over seven years, you probably have like 400 and 500 going in and out. And then you have lifetime cancer. When cancer shows up in some organ, it usually doesn't, and they didn't have a risk. And then you go back and you try to find out. And I'm doing everything I can to document both that semiconductor manufacturing plant's crazy fucking behavior <laughs> of just venting all these poisonous gases uh, into apartments in a child's playground. I should not. Uh, and then this office, because you know it could be 20 years from now, but then you're going to have some cancer cluster maybe, and they're going to want to sue when they need the evidence of what happened. So when I asked, hey, I want you to test the air before you seal these cracks. Cracks is how vapor intrusion occurs, unless you've, not, unless you've poured a lot of salad dressing in the building, <laughs> you know? And I said, I wanna know for cancer monitoring. Cancer monitoring was in the email and they're like, no. And that, that for me, fundamentally, I think permanently changed my relationship with corporations, capitalism, my views of employment, my views of labor rights. Um, I was, you know, I was high up at Apple. I was like four levels down from Tim Cook. I was in meetings with executives all the time. I was also a huge position at, I was in charge of uh, software releases for Nike's entire supply chain. You know, I had these really amazing roles that even if I wasn't super excited about like corporate culture stuff, like again, I was trying to go into human rights law. It was still kind of a privilege and I was still under this illusion of, what that was and for that conversation about the cracks in the floor and them refusing to test, and me saying do we have a right to know and they say no you do not have a right to know like those conversations for me i will never be the same or view employment the same way of just realizing how disposable human beings are to corporations despite what they might say about loyalty or family or whatever. They literally did not care if I lived or died and wanted to make it harder for me to prove if they were killing me.
0: Yeah, especially if something of this magnitude, especially when you're going to board meetings and things of the sort, and you kind of feel like you're part of the group there, like, oh, I'm high up and I'm with everybody. And then you get an email that sounds like, wait a minute, I should be angry at you. You shouldn't be angry at me, but they turn the tables on you. It's like every time I go, I've ever been in a court case, not for like illegal reasons, but like I sued John Hopkins and one. And like when I'm in there, I was like, I got the document back and I looked at it and I was like, did I win? Because I don't feel like I won. They're like, you won. I was like, okay. because like that, that's how they do it, though. They immediately make even the victim sometimes feel like they're the one that broke a crime or did something. I'm just like, I don't understand what's happening. It's a power play. And that's what they were doing when they emailed you and told you you don't need to know. It's like, don't get angry at me, man. I'm going to I think I do have the right to know.
1: Well, and then they're going through the checklist. So there, there's wonderful writing out there. So I recently published a piece about whistleblower retaliation. And I suggest everyone like go read that, but also read all the footnotes, all those studies I said in those footnotes. There's incredible research. Jacqueline Garrick, who is a DOD whistleblower, also published this whistleblower retaliation checklist, where she like quantitatively uh, discusses how frequent certain types of retaliation are. Like you have a 90% chance of most of these things happening to you and describes them with the their correct terminology. Um, so as I raise the concerns, they tell me to stop talking to my coworkers. That's immediately them starting to try to ostracize and alienate me. They don't want me you know, talking to other people, getting support from other people. They want me to feel like I'll get in trouble if I talk to my coworkers. Um, I get that as feedback as like a warning. So then they start leaning into me raising concerns as me being disruptive, irrational, that kind of stuff, right? So and then that's immediately gaslighting me too. the gaslighting where I have a very valid concern and they're treating me like it's not a valid concern. And in fact, I'm causing problems, even though I know, you know, I have a valid concern about the cracks in the floor with the cancer chemicals coming up from them. But the more they do that, and then I get upset and I look like kind of maybe my coworkers see me getting stressed out with them. And then they're like, Ashley's just crazy. Like she's just so crazy about those cracks in the floor. Then I get upset about that. And then it becomes more of like, you have conflict about the exchanges, which is easier for them to now blame on, you know, you having bad communication or cooperation or whatever. Um, so that's usually like how it starts bubbling up when you're first raising these concerns
0: all up to a performance review. And then they do the performance review and said, I think, you know, this is some errors we need to check.
1: They're loading everything up for three things for a bad performance review for an investigation into you for something and firing you, uh, and for their defense, if you sue them. Right. So from that very beginning, they're trying to discredit you. They're trying to make sure that no one else is supporting your side of things because you don't. They don't want witnesses who could say that, like, yeah, we saw it, we agreed with her, and they were doing all this crazy stuff. So they want to like get everyone away from you. Uh, They also want to turn your coworkers against you because that's how they create their like false investigations. Is they need someone to complain about you so then they can investigate you for whatever you know? So they start like uh, finding ways to cause division. I mean, this is the same stuff they do with union busting too. They always find ways to like get everyone just like at each other's throats and fighting each other instead of organizing against the company. So they're going to try to do some of that kind of stuff or create situations where you might step into a trap that they use against you. Uh, An example for like Apple, one thing I saw them doing and I heard that they were doing with a lot of employees is, okay, you raise some concern, you're retaliated against, you're complaining about the retaliation. They suggest you take like medical leave for the retaliation. And like when they said that to me, I'm like, there's no medical condition of you being a dick. (laughs) Like, what is this? (laughs) Right. So, but they, they were doing this frequently. And not only does it gaslight that it's somehow your problem, like you should seek psychiatric treatment for whatever it is you're talking about. But I heard from multiple people that if they do it without an actual justification, they're then accused of fraud that they're, they're requesting a medical leave for a non-medical reason. And then it turns back on them. And I saw a similar thing with ADA accommodations. So I assume Apple has like a whole menu. They'll choose from that to, again, like they're trying to get you into some trap where they pressure you that you're now in trouble. Um, and they're the trying to get you to quit is like the number one priority because if you quit, it's so much harder to prove later that you quit because they were being unimaginable bastards. Like you know if they fire you it's very clear of oh they fired me but like if i quit because any reasonable person would have just walked away at that moment that's much harder to prove in court so they want you to just walk away
0: what um when it comes to the age range that's in your office, like some of your employees, are they around your age? Are they a little bit younger? I'm just curious if how many people have a built up like career and a family or something, where to the point where they're going to be less likely to speak out because they don't want to lose their job and then they might be coerced into writing something because a certain CEO sends a letter saying, hey, I need you to say this person had a bad interaction with and then we can put this in their file.
1: Uh, so if one, I didn't have employees, I was a program manager, so I would oversee like giant projects and programs and stuff. I didn't supervise people. That's important because I actually have NLRB rights. Like when I was going to this, I didn't really think that I, I was so high up, even though I didn't have employees, I kind of didn't think I would have like basic labor rights somehow as like an exempt employee, but I do. I have open NLRB charges and cases. <laughs> so like, if you don't have, if you're not a supervisor, And you're not like uh, privy to confidential information about hiring decisions. Like basically anyone can go through the NLRB and if you're a private employee. So highly recommend looking into that if someone's feeling adventurous. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there was a lot of different age range. I'd say like generally these tech companies, um, they're going to, you're going to have families. You're going to have, you know, younger people are going to be starting out. They're going to have kids. They're going to have a new mortgage. Older folks are thinking about college for their kids or their own retirement. Um, And there's kind of an implicit blacklisting. If you are fired from one of these companies, you're gonna apply to another one. Someone's gonna ask, why'd you leave your last company? And if it comes out of like, oh, Apple fired me, like Apple doesn't have to go send an email to the HR saying don't hire that person. Just that answer alone, it's very effective in making sure you don't get another job. Um, So there's a lot of stuff at play like that where everyone just kind of like, walking on eggshells of not wanting to upset because not only do you not want to get fired or in trouble you are often really wanting like bonuses and stock vestings and stuff for the retirement for paying off the college stuff for all of this and silicon valley is an incredibly expensive place to live the average rent i think now is up to like thirty five hundred a month
0: that's close to around here it's around two grand here a month for like a one bedroom
1: it's crazy. You can't find an apartment for like two grand in Santa Clara County. <laughs> like
0: That's so tight knit together though, Silicon Valley is. So if you kind of fuck up with one of those companies, you're done at basically anything. And if that's all your resources and that's all your expertise and education is, you're really screwed. You have to yeah, your 10
1: month left of your lease or your mortgage or your kids are in the schools there. And all. so for me, I was fired. I had to finish law school so I couldn't leave. So I had a year left of paying my 3,400 a month rent was zero income. And there went my life savings in like a year. And like, we all know that that's kind of how that would play out. Right. So everyone generally keeps very quiet. And even if you don't agree with stuff, like uh, kind of pick your battles and and know when you're upsetting people enough that you're just like, I'm not going to push this. For me, it was a toxic waste. Like they had been, they had, Apple, there was a lot of bad culture of discrimination and bullying and harassment and retaliation. Since like day one, I tolerated a bunch of it. For a number of random justifications, that some of them I'm more like hard on myself later, I'm like, you should just left. They were terrible. <laughs> but for me, like, the line was okay, so these chemicals are carcinogens. TCE is a carcinogen. You're exposing us to stuff that literally causes cancer and disease. You're not telling us, it's you're trying to cover it up. And it's me and it's my coworkers. Like, for me, that was just no option to not push on it but that's kind of the curse of whistleblowing is what i found talking to other whistleblowers in that situation uh, and the worst retaliation i think comes from the people who are at a company actively employed in good standing and then decide to blow the whistle on something systemic severe take it external talk to a reporter talk to a government agency and then I'm like all hell is unleashed um
0: Did you seek out whistleblower groups immediately, like after you left Apple and after all this is going on, or did you wait till you filed, like the court case come first, like trying to actually file and trying to get procedures moving forward in that aspect?
1: So it was enlightening back in 2020 when I was trying to get help about that apartment, that there are very few groups that would actually help on this, on that topic and kind of finding that a lot of NGOs, um, well, all NGOs are dependent on funding, so a majority of them have funding from big corporations and there's certain things they don't ruffle feathers about. And one of them come to find out is toxic waste. <laughs> like, so so just kind of realizing this was a, the chemical exposure, disparate impact, uh, cleanup sites, uh, emissions from factories, all this stuff is a very tense topic with big corporations. And most won't go anywhere near it, nor will journalists, which is why I published my own expose because I couldn't get anyone to write about it. And they all kind of admitted, like, it'll just make people upset, people being the corporations. So as I was going through this stuff with Apple, I already kind of knew I was going to be on my own, um, that I wasn't going to have a ton of support by the topic. And then realizing that a lot of reporters are very scared of Apple. And Apple has a long history of intimidating reporters (laughs) and publishers and stuff. I shouldn't be laughing about that one either. Like, that's another one, like, go read about it and you'll cry of how they've bullied uh, in court and with uh, publishing to ensure they're always kind of the winner and everything. Um, so I was dealing with like a lot of shenanigans from the press at the beginning, too. One of the ways that I was retaliated upon early on was the HR lady uh, opened a non-consensual sexism investigation into my boss on my behalf. When I was like, can you talk to my boss about labor laws? He told me not to talk about safety. Like, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure he can't say that. And she's like, how about instead? Well, he said something like sexist alongside it, of course. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to go investigate that sexism thing instead. And I was like, no, they're just going to retaliate. Like, absolutely do not do that. That will end my career at Apple. She's like, I'm doing it. And she like doxxed me to another director who had like sexually harassed me a couple years prior. And so they were setting it up. So I would get retaliated by that investigation. And then that would cause me to want to quit. Again, like just there's always a huge menu of like ways they're going to try to destroy you um and a lot of the press early on was like focusing on that sexism stuff and i realized later that it was a lot of like the access journalism and it seems like they were probably doing it for apple so the story wasn't about the toxic waste or the spying or the paramilitaries or the you know the other stuff i was complaining about um and it was just kind of focused on that so hopefully it would like burn out quickly i assume was the intent but i don't burn
0: out (laughs) (laughs) that's a a good thing um do you – the independent media the, and anybody else – there's that one paper that published your expose or was there anybody that was willing to pick up the story? I mean did I, even Apple even make a statement about it even if it – I mean I saw that you put on your website that they, they had a tweet about an allegation. You had tweeted it, but I saw you also live tweet things as well too about the things um, that you were at least trying to expose, like, or at least the harassment that they were doing to you, which, I mean, I think everyone knows that harassment happens from these companies, but it seems like we don't have a lot of information or stories to be able to look up and find a whole lot. I've looked up some, and I've seen a couple here and there, but from what I've heard from different experiences, I think there's a lot more than what's being said.
1: Agreed. And also just how it plays out. So, okay. The way things are listening
0: to me right now, and I use an iPhone. Fuck.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, we should get into that too. put that on the agenda. Um, okay. So I did get pretty good press coverage in 2021. Um, like New York times, financial times, Bloomberg, all kinds of big papers, but, um, it was generally kind of focused more on the sexism stuff and employment complaints. Very few would talk about the the toxic waste stuff. Um, financial times did on like September 2nd, apparently Apple got very bad, (laughs) very bad. Uh, so it was it was kind of a mess, and then it was kind of joined with um, some unionizing efforts that were going on, which is great and some other employee activism. But it like I think because it sounded weird to have a section separate about toxic waste and they're all too afraid to do one just on toxic waste, it just kind of got like lost. Um, and I really quickly realized I did not like depending on the press to bring stuff out because there's so much access journalism with Apple. Specifically, I think Apple, Google, Tesla, Amazon are probably the worst actors in this field where they come to find out, make sure that all papers have like just one, like Apple will have the Apple reporter. And that's the only person that does the Apple reporting, including like gadget reviews and going to events and PR is also the person supposed to be writing about like labor issues, which is problematic (laughs) because they need access to the PR department. They need access to the events. They're not going to upset the company. So as I started seeing that and seeing some of the ways that um like the framing of my story that I was not happy about and kind of just the reporter's response, I had started just kind of tweeting as stuff was happening. And I I ended up just going along with that of like I still kind of live tweet every day the new stuff I'm finding. And I've been I shared a ton of internal documents and I was very honest about the stuff I've been complaining about and what Apple's responses was. I think people have followed like it's like a real time true crime podcast or something. Kind of is.
0: <laughs> it's fucking scary to be hundred percent honest with you i mean are you more concerned about the toxic waste stuff are you more concerned about what these companies power is and what they can do to people that really want to talk about an unethical thing that's going on i mean my heart goes that's my focus would be my heart goes out to the people that you know are experiencing something like this in a company and can't speak out about it i mean i think it leads to everything else but the toxic waste is also a very serious problem but it seems like california has somehow normalized it
1: So the toxic waste, I actually, I was very, very lucky. I got something that is so rare for a whistleblower to get, which was my, my complaints actually resulted in an inspection that found issues. And, and I really pushed on them last year. The EPA is captured because Apple, like their head of lobbying was the prior head of the EPA. Damn. And it's like, it's a whole swamp. So I had, I was like foying them. And I've been pressing on them and making sure they're looking into it. And they ended up did. And now there's like orders for people to like actually fix stuff. And it's well-documented there's issues. Uh, so like the government's actually involved. I assume there's gonna be an enforcement action out of it. And then the semiconductor plant, I was also able to be, get traction and get it documented and hopefully getting an investigation soon. So like that's why whistleblowers blow the whistle. And that's what it's all about is like those initial disclosures Right. So I am like so grateful that I was able to get mine, not only like out there and they were substantiated and like, unfortunately, I was right that there were issues, but they're being addressed. So the, the more of like the reason I continue to persist despite Apple, like harassing me still on a daily basis and a what variety they, of ways.
0: Wait, what do they do to you now? I mean, do you, do you have an iPhone or did you switch? I would switch immediately.
1: It was actually the morning before I was fired that it occurred to me that even on my quote unquote personal device, that of course, Apple would be reading everything in iCloud because it's not encrypted.
0: Damn. They got my iCloud. Shit.
1: Yeah. Well, their privacy policy for employees says they will too. So I kind of put those dots together. They said they'd buy on like any of your devices, even your friend's devices. If it's like they think an Apple business is implicated. So I realized like one, well, my work device with that MDM profile on it is definitely just like a bug. Like they're probably like watching through the camera and listening to the mic. And so I like turn it off and wrap it in tinfoil kind of thing, put it in the closet. I'm sure they didn't like it that when I figured that out. And then the personal one, I'm like realizing that like i had been talking to lawyers and government agencies in my iCloud email. I had all my events on my iCloud calendar. I had all of my documents in iCloud Drive, all of my contacts, like they, they without much effort, knew exactly what I was doing at any moment and who I was talking to.
0: Did you notice anybody drop off and, like, start to kind of put the lines together where you're like, wait a minute, this person I just talked to is now pulling out of
1: this? So, there was definitely a whole menu of that. So, okay, I realize if they're spying on me that way, they also sent me, like, a bugged listening device from my desk which is a whole other topic. And they, they put something in my attic and they were doing all kinds of weird. How so the when fuck I comp- did they get in your house? This is a whole thing. and I Oh my, my God. Look, My heart goes it.
0: to you for... Pers- <laughs> My heart goes out to you right now. This is crazy because it's literally like I wouldn't – I don't like I already said, I wouldn't mess with – like I, I really poke a lot of shade at Disney because I look at a lot of bad things, and I've looked at their past and everything, and everyone's like, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, look, I mean, they're just horrible companies. I'm not afraid of them. And then I start looking into like what they can control, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like I would be really screwed if they decided that I was a problem and then would just like, hey, can't say these types of things to go after you. That's like going after Google. I couldn't imagine going after Apple. I would have to switch phones. I would have to do so much but also i don't know what's connected to apple i hopefully my email's not but i use my email on my phone and i record so talk stuff to someone
1: that, else who's using an icloud account too so this also occurred to me this is also why i started pushing really hard for antitrust reform is apple and google are in incredible situations if they want to spy on their employees or anyone talking about them because they basically own the two platforms for email the operating system everything and then you look at the carriers too like at&t mobile can see everything too So it's like, there's a, there's a handful where like, there's no escaping them, whatever you do.
0: I think I get the email that I got sent a while back. There's a guy who was on Joe Rogan. um, His name is Robert Epstein. I think his name is, he talked about Google and I had sent him from my Gmail account, like an invite to the podcast. And he sent me this, I mean, it was a very brutal email, um, but he was like, how dare you send it from a Gmail account? And I was like, I didn't even think about it, bro. I swear to God, I would've sent it from Yahoo if I would've known, but he told me to get like this uh, encrypted email thing.
1: I do the same. Someone sends me something from an iCloud, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you? Get a Proton Mail right now."
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, a lot of people. I I guess I never send anything really private over my emails. That would be anything. I mean, that I wouldn't talk about on a podcast or something. But then I also don't know how far they can go through my email to be able to get other messages or other things that could just be off my computer. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, if a company like one of these ones we're talking about wants to go after you one they have all your data that's on their servers whether it's from your devices or your friends devices mind you also you know these devices gather stuff without us knowing all the time too the gps d- data where their phones are next to each other uh they have the thing where like apparently they like listen in the background for the infrasound for like advertising at grocery stores and stuff and track where you're at right so they have all of that crazy ass data Then they can also just go buy that third party, uh, the data profile stuff that we have no legislation protecting us about right now, so they can buy even more data. And then these companies, so one of the things I started protesting towards the end, okay, so all the hazardous waste stuff is happening, all this retaliation, they suspend me and tell me I can't talk to my, like any of the coworkers and I can't go to the, I was going to the office the next day to take pictures of the cracks in the floor before they fixed them. And then they removed me from the workplace and all workplace interactions. And I had like coworkers trying to take pictures for me. So I'm like pissed and I know they're going to fire me. So I'm filing all these government charges too. But this is where it's like starts occurring to me of like, who is this company I'm working for? Because they're acting like ghouls. Stan Dick is Cheney
0: like is who it is. It's Dick, Dick Cheney in a black uh, cloak or something.
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of worse than that. So I had started looking at the board of directors, too, because there was also a conflict. My Apple office was the TRW Superfund. TRW was a defense manufacturer that was acquired by Northrop Grumman. the longtime executive of TRW Microwave. Mine was a TRW Microwave building. They actually apparently were like a NRO project, building the mass surveillance satellites in my Apple office. <laughs> Like, I've been just unearthing the most crazy stuff through all the FOIA requests in the history. But the, the longtime executive of TRW and then CEO of North of Grumman. So, definitely was in that office, knew about that office, knew that office was a super fund, knew that office was vacant for like a decade before Apple suddenly moved in. Uh, his name is Ronald Sugar. He is on the board of directors of Apple. He is the chair of the finance and audit committee since 2010.
0: I'm so fucking curious what happened after Steve Jobs died. Jesus.
1: So, I mean, and then I start looking at their board and I realize there's Northrop Redman, there's Boeing, there's BlackRock.
0: Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm Levin- <laughs> oh,
1: now doing this, like, immortality project, that Calico thing where he wants to make it so people can live forever. So they're doing these weird medical experiments. Uh... And I'm just looking at it. I'm like apple is really good at marketing because they're they're like not just like one of the others like i think they're actually really bad like really bad God. And I, i'm digging into lawsuits like i want to see how they deal with uh dealt with employees too that was like that first week i was suspended where i was like what's gonna happen and one of my very favorite cases ever and of the apple ones is this banco v apple and it changed the trajectory of how i approached apple It was a hardware engineering manager who in 2013 found out one of his employees was embezzling and reported the embezzlement to his leadership which was my my organization when i was fired Um, and they told him to look the other way because she was a high performer so just let her keep embezzling and you know our contracts say like you have a duty to make sure that you report issues and make sure they're dealt with otherwise you're also liable for whatever is happening right So he escalates again and brings it to HR and HR is like, oh, thank you. Yeah, she should be fired, no embezzlement. But also you're fired because you're a snitch. So Joshua Benko decides to sue Apple (laughs) and Apple does not deny it. Apple to the court says we fired him because he reported embezzlement, but we can fire people for whatever reason we want to. We're Apple. And the judge did not have it. Uh, So he was trying to argue um, his termination was a violation of public policy. And Apple said, uh, you know, crimes have nothing to do with public policy. And the judge is like, I think fundamental to public policy is a workplace free of crime, Apple.
0: (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God.
1: And it was a breach of um, the warranty of good faith and fair dealing with contracts where if you're setting an employee up for failure to say you have to report issues, but then we're going to fire you for reporting issues that's a contract breach too. So it sounds like he won and he got a settlement. But when I read that, I was like, this is gonna be a mess. <laughs> so then I'm filing a ton of complaints because he had lost rights because he didn't file a SOX charge. If he had, he probably would have had an um, easier time dealing with Apple. So I'm filing a bunch of stuff, but that's when I also really pivot to, I don't like this whole dystopian mega corporation crap. And I had been looking at Apple, so they're bored, But also they're like Apple Global Security Team. There's some peculiar articles out there. The one that I found that was also uh, very enlightening to me is uh, they, can't remember what it's called. It was, they were something Apple Gestapo in the title. Uh, They used to call themselves the Worldwide Loyalty Team. It was published in 2009. So in the Steve Jobs day, they're like global security team to supposedly protect from leaks called themselves the Worldwide Loyalty Team. And then some of them called them the Apple Gestapo. And the description of it was just like surreal of how crazy it was. Constantly watching, the come in, everyone has to like step up and stand away from their computer and they'd be searched and you can't leave or you'd be fired, all this. Stuff. So that was like, I think Apple's first whistleblower about, I just call it a paramilitary at this point.
0: Goddamn Illuminati is what it is
1: it's and then there's one more recent articles coming out some stuff was leaked I think intentionally leaked by apple to scare people but like we'd have our secrecy trainings all oh, the fucking time for like everything if you want to know anything you have a special new contract you signed and have a new training about don't tell anyone anything and in it they like even disclose to us that team is basically all ex cia ex fbi ex nsa ex gchq um and they'll like kind of laugh about it but you're like And there's definitely like some special forces types too, based on like the body types that were like going around watching stuff. And you're just, it's so that you're like, okay, so you hired people who are trained for military and combat and government surveillance and they work for you at a private corporation now with probably no oversight whatsoever. Like they can see everything, but who's watching them when they own their own platform. And that's a dispute they have with the FBI when the FBI needs information and they can't get it themselves. They're like, Apple, tell us this thing. And Apple's like, no. No. So like, who's watching Apple spying on everyone else? So that's when I like, I have a moment where I'm like, oh no. And I was so dumb before I had, you know, I have iCloud on and I had Siri, but I also had like um, cameras in my home to watch my dog. So I had these Eve cameras. So when I was at home, I could see the dog, but then I have cameras in my home watching me through iCloud. So that occurs to me that they're just watching me at home through my iCloud cameras. Um, and the Siri home pods I had everywhere. I loved it. It was so convenient and I'd use it for like, you know, doing all kinds of personal like uh, events and doing, uh, turning lights on and all this. But I realized that that's just like wiretaps in every room if they want it to be.
0: Does that now? Do they have a relationship with like Amazon and other big monolithic companies like that, to so where they can access other things? If they could just, I'm sure they probably have some type of agreement where they could just be like, hey, real quick, you know, we have a problem with this guy or this girl, and we just want to look into their cameras. Uh, you mind if we just borrow your Amazon Alexa recording just to be able to hear what's going on in the background?
1: I'm with you, Robbie. My brain went there too, oh, and damn. I think I think so. There's no proof of it, but why wouldn't they? because they're all going to want help spying on their own employees. And the the when I make that allegation, the piece of uh, evidence that I cite to substantiate that I think it's a valid allegation that should be looked into, DOJ sued Apple and a number of other tech companies in 2013 for a salary fixing and anti-poaching conspiracy that a bunch of these tech companies had an off-books agreement that they wouldn't poach each other's employees to ensure the employee's um, don't get more pay so they can have low salaries. So there's not competition because if they can't move to another one to get a higher salary, then they're just stuck with their low salary at the current tech company. So DOJ sued them. They settled, it was like over $400 million. Um, and then there's civil suits about it too. So like if they're already in cahoots about how to abuse their employees, it seems like a given that their global security teams would also be in cahoots on this. And I would be shocked if they weren't.
0: Well, that would be evidence of a pre existing relationship with, between them.
1: Of on, like conspiring for unlawful conduct, <laughs> you know? So that also has kind of fundamentally changed my life, especially since I decided you know, there's all these decision points along the way with this stuff um, for whistleblowers. I mean, a lot of whistleblowers, no one ever. Thinks really that you're you're a whistleblower when you just see something that's wrong and you're like telling someone you think would look into it and fix the wrong thing. And then somehow like you find yourself as a whistleblower because people just get upset and retaliate against you. And then you have to decide how far am I gonna push it? Where is this gonna go? That journey is challenging. Um, but like through that, you have those checkpoints of how far am I gonna push this? When am I gonna give up? And a lot of that reckoning, I think, does have to go with resources and family and obligations and for me, I guess I was in a position where like, I'm single. I don't have a family I have to worry about. I did finally. I had just like gotten out of debt and had like life savings for like a year, a year, <laughs> but it was enough that I could survive to finish law school and try to fight them and do it. So I'm doing that, but it's like, you know, we're running on fumes now <laughs> Starting to figure out what's going on. So like everyone, you have these reckoning processes. How far am I gonna push this? What am I gonna push on, pick your battles? Because I knew if I, If I just sued Apple over the sexism stuff, actually, I probably would get press and support. And I, people were trying to make me a pundit. I I didn't realize exactly that's what they were trying to do earlier on. They were like trying to get me to like have talking points about stuff that they want to publish anyways. And I'm like, no, what is this? (laughs) You know? So there's like easier paths. But for me, I'm like, I need to make sure the hazardous waste is addressed. And I really want to push on the dystopian mega corporation with the overbroad NDAs, which I already won my first case on. Um, that like we need to be able to actually talk about what's going on, and they can't scare us that like we can't talk about anything. That's illegal, even in the U.S. Um, and then these crazy paramilitaries and all this like the uh, security intelligence people that they're employing. What are they even doing? And then their surveillance because they have so much access to everything with no accountability. Uh, and then the intimidation tactics. So like the breaking into my apartment, you know, to do that in the, the listening device, they put in one of the things for my desk that when they sent my stuff back, they sent in a box of broken glass shards. Most everything was broken, but they sent a statue back that had something put inside of it. I didn't find for like six months, um, later, did they,
0: did they break your door to get into your apartment and go up into your, so they put the bug in your attic.
1: So you'll love this. So, um, I'm scared. All, so I know this you. This all, I realized the attic thing, I had heard two men in my attic in the fall of 2021 and it was like right above me. And I had a funny feeling, but I was like, you know, complaining to so many people about so many things. I'm like, I'm not going to start this fight with my landlord. This is a brand new landlord. I'm just going to keep this one normal for a second. Um, But it like bothered me. And as I was moving out last year, I brought it up with them. and I was like, so there's two guys in my attic last fall because now, you know, they tried to break in again and they did all this stuff. I'm wondering if it was Apple. Do you guys have any record of like you guys being in the attic? And they told me, they're like, each attic is only accessed from each unit. If anyone was in your attic, they would have had to gone up through your unit. And they clearly were not in my apartment with me. So I poke my head up and I look around and the units are just like separated with very thin plywood. And like the, the root cause problem to all of this, and I threw a fit when I moved in, is my, the locks on my door were digital only. So i did a video tour to
0: her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh so my
0: it, God.
1: Not officially, but there are, it's all Apple executives and ex Apple employees. So it like, it basically looks like I wrote an article about this because I was so upset. This is why, why bas- people
0: live in the woods. This is why people live in the woods.
1: <laughs> I'm like, did they just let them in? Did they hack in either way? But there were vacant units around mine. So they must've either hacked in or got let into one of the vacant units, gone up, moved the plywood, did whatever they're doing and then left. Um, and whatever they, installed, there was like cords and cables and stuff up there. The landlords like that was not us. And then talking to people they are like, well, if they're hiring XFbi the FBI, they probably just intercepted your internet directly from the attic and put some surveillance stuff up there like the FBI would. And so like when, when you brought it up and I immediately like kind of went into the fetal position is like, this is something that bothers me on so many levels beyond my own personal trauma that like, to the point of. They must have thought they'd never get caught. They must have thought if they are caught, the cops would not do anything about it. They must think that the FBI would never look into them for this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, just a whole list of the the feeling of impunity for them to do something like that.
0: It's one thing is that when you have the FBI agents and you have like just it, I don't know how long that relationship's been going. I mean, I look back at like a, I was a while studying bioweapons on my podcast talking to historians and everything and there's a thing called the vigo ordinance Plant. and one of the things who bought this old bioweapons plant was pfizer and i've never heard that name before the pandemic and i was like what the hell is this and i looked it into it and they've had they've had a relationship for a very 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 long time like bioweapons and all this type of stuff and i was like Okay, so not even go down that conspiratorial rabbit hole, but I go, how many relationships do the government have with tech companies and things of other sorts that are very impactful into our lives? And you can look at Google, you can look at a bunch of stuff and they use it for minor stuff, but it always escalates. So if I go, if they look at you and how big your case is and they go, well, how much of this person is going to be a problem? Should we just give them a payout and then not have to worry about this later down the road? Or can we just push this away? And I think at this point, your case is really, really strong, but it's about getting your voice heard in a sense as well too i mean how many people are going to want to interfere with a company like apple google and other things and i don't know to what extent even how deeper the story really goes but well, I, I think the I, problem point, the reason doing... they
1: kept escalating is like i think what they did is criminal to start 100 like, But both the cover up at the office but especially with that semiconductor manufacturing plant and then covering that up and then all of that so i think because we have one short conversation about a settlement before they well before this suspended me and it was like, they would pay me what I would have got if I just stayed for like a year and a half. Anyways, it was like 600 grand and I wouldn't sign an NDA. And they said, that's fine. But then I was like, I don't want to sign a litigation waiver either. If you think you're remedying my harm, I wouldn't have standing to sue again. So I don't want to sign a waiver. And they were like, no. And now I realize it's because anyway, I'm going to get cancer from all of their carcinogens. But like, then it never really came up again formally. And I think it's because they must've realized that if they admit any culpability of what they've done, it's gonna probably catch them if and when there is a criminal case against them for some
0: You're about to have a bunch of people stepping forward.
1: You know, they did a really good job of shutting people up though. Like people are even telling, they're like, oh, it's very clear what happens when you report complaints now, what they did to you. So the message has been received of like, really chilling, which is another reason why I pushed so hard on the NDAs. So in October of 2021, um, I filed complaints to the NLRB with basically Apple's entire employment agreements and their uh, employee policies and confidentiality policies and the policy that says they'll spy on us 24-7 if they want to. And I said, I believe these violate federal law. Uh, and I had been taking labor law. So I was like in my textbook being with Apple's policies being like, oh, that's illegal. That's illegal. That's super illegal. You can't do that. I had filed it, um, and they tried really hard to suppress that story too. In October, it was so frustrating. Um, but I finally got my decision on January 30th this year, where uh, an agreed with me that it does violate um, labor laws. So Apple's going to have to rewrite their NDAs and employment policies now, nationally at least. Maybe you have to do uh, internationally too, depending. Uh, but I'm very proud of that one.
0: <laughs> Now, does that affect any other issues where they could point back to something and be like, "These, this, there's, this is a violation"? But they're like, "Well, actually, we updated it, so there's not a violation there anymore."
1: So the NLRB has a catch for that, from what I've seen, because otherwise, employers would just always do that. So even if they try to fix it, they still have to like make uh, repairs for what they did prior. So it might, and like these cases don't end with have money. You have colored eyes. Yeah,
0: that's so fucking cool.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'm
0: sorry, I just noticed that. I You're was the like, first person
1: to notice over video. Good eye. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? We're talking about the NDA. Uh, so uh, like with these policy charges, they don't end with money unless you settle. And I was like, from the beginning, I'm like, I'm not settling these. You're fixing your NDAs. They suck. Because like Apple's NDAs say that anything that's not made public by Apple is confidential and proprietary, which they even told us included things like where we work, what our job is, what we had for lunch. Like, it's just so stupid. So they like they prided themselves on being the most secretive company in the world. And it came like, my mind realized as i was going through this reckoning process it's to cover up all their malfeasance like that's not just some quirky tech thing for them like they're always up to so much crap and so they don't want anyone talking like putting the pieces together because like as i've been researching and putting the pieces together that's where i'm like oh let me tell you about ronald sugar let me tell you about their semiconductor plant let me tell you," you know because the more you dig, the more you see. So they're trying to shut everyone up and make it so people are too afraid to report stuff to the government. They had told me they prefer that employees do not report potential violations of the law directly to the government. They said, report to us and we'll we'll deal with it. And I was like, no. So like I ran to the EPA, they don't like that. I had talked to coworkers about my concerns, about just workplace stuff. They're like, don't do that.
0: I'm like that's illegal. <laughs> they're doing the government tactic CYA.
1: Well, uh, I think Ronald Sugar has probably had a lot of influence on the board. Like, looking at him, he's a character, and he's on a lot of boards. He's been on the Chevron board since 2005. So he's also, I assume you know Steven Donziger's story with Chevron. The Thank lawyer who sued him in uh, South America, and then Chevron sued him and got him, like, incarcerated. Oh, just hear about that. Oh, you should look up Stephen Donziger. <laughs> Poor Stephen. He finally got, like, his ankle bracelet off. He's just a human rights lawyer who went after Chevron, and they... Destroyed him. He's still fighting though. Um, but like, that's also Ron Sugar, who's the lead director on that board. Um, so, working in the DOD, especially like CIA and um, NRO work for 20, 30 years, uh, there was a shift in the way that Apple handled um, some of their secrecy processes when he joined the board. It actually, I don't know how familiar you are with the inner workings of that stuff, but the Bybee control system. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. It's like um, for especially NRO, they were using the system of disclosures where like every little thing needs its own disclosure and you'll be disclosed on a sub thing, but not the overall thing. And people working together wouldn't even know what the other people are working on because it was so secret. This is like when they're building those mass surveillance satellites, but no one knows their mass surveillance satellites yet. Just
0: a toaster. That's what it is.
1: I know. <laughs> so like, that's what Apple ended up doing, where we'd have all these disclosure processes They'd go out of their way to make sure that we didn't know what each other are working on. And they started doing all these like military like trainings. And I think merging it with like the Steve Jobs era worldwide loyalty team is just turning the sick culture of secrecy and not sharing information and not talking to each other. So that really bothered me. Um, and that's why I went really hard after these NDAs and was absolutely not willing to take a settlement. So to to like get a resolution on those cases, they're going to have to fix their policies. They probably will have to issue an apology for their prior ones. They will have to admit that they violated federal law and send notices to employees, depending on how egregious it is. Sometimes like the CEO has to read it out loud during like a live meeting, that kind of stuff. Um, so I very much look forward to that. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I've kind of given up on the break-in stuff and surveillance and spying. they did the whole digital harassment campaign thing too with all these like clearly fake twitter accounts but they were you know clearly on farms and had scripts and knew way too much about me and were for like year and a half now it's very exhausting um but apple is in such a position with the fbi fbi does like they kind of admit i have a case but won't ever call me back or help about anything But I think the FBI really can't upset Apple because the FBI needs Apple to get access to stuff and be trained. Like, There's actually an article from a couple of years ago from the San Francisco Regional Office of the FBI where they just say that they love Apple because Apple trains their cops. And like the whole thing is the FBI fawning over Apple. So like that was very demoralizing for me to realize that like they're doing some of that that's the break-ins and the bugging and stuff that like no one's gonna help
0: yeah that's so fucking scary
1: it so i moved to new york away from california as soon as i graduated law school i want to be really far away because they basically own silicon valley they own that whole county
0: damn you couldn't have picked a place with like i don't know a better apartment listing or something like that that's like expensive as shit over there too
1: in new york oh not
0: new york city okay I and
1: everyone's like that's not new york and i'm like what is it then they're like not new york and I'm i would like, have it's built still- a
0: house in the woods somewhere but like twenty dollars rent that's all it is or something good god
1: that's the direction i'm going that's uh i'm curious
0: like when it comes to i mean just overall institutional regret or i mean just apple regret i mean do you look at everything differently now i wouldn't be able to look at cops or just how connected everything is and i know it's not that maybe cops in a different location but i just kind of look at like i have no clue i mean everyone most users have an iphone most users go to apple i mean that makes me trust i mean i don't trust verizon at this point now i know it's a carrier but just (laughs) uh
1: no, it's a carrier. You should not trust. They have access to all the data and they're like the original monopolies. Like they were all Pacific bell and they have that huge connection to the FBI that goes back decades. Like don't trust it. So here's, here's my, like my biggest fundamental change in myself. And also uh, like a policy point I picked up that I do a lot of advocacy around is we need to get rid of all this spyware we surround ourselves with for no good reason. Like people ask me like, Oh, what app do you use for your calendar now? And I'm like, a paper day planner. People are like, you know, what do you use for files? And I'm like, I have a printer and a file cabinet uh, for like sensitive stuff. And thinking about it too, like not only can they spy on us, they can delete our data if they felt like it. I was realizing like the books I have in like an Apple library or Amazon library, they can easily remove. So if I have something on a niche topic, like I don't actually have possession of it. So between like, I actually want to have control over my things, uh, but also I don't want them watching everything I'm doing. Um, And somehow we got tricked into thinking we need these smart speakers. We need all these cameras in our houses all the time. Um, We don't. They just get a ton of data from us. We give them money to buy their products. And it all goes back to the toxic waste because every single one of those things has semiconductors in it and silicon. And to create that silicon and semiconductors, they're either doing it, now they're starting to do it in Santa Clara County again, but we moved it mostly to Southeast Asia. And those people are getting just as sick in, in the actual process and the waste. And it creates so much toxic waste and landfill stuff um, and so much water. Like water is going to be a really big issue very, very soon to have potable water for everyone. And we're spending so many millions of gallons of water every day on data centers and building this stuff. Like, I think that's our biggest threat is the consumption and destroying the planet to build the stuff we don't even need for like the, the just the current day surveillance capitalism economy is very disturbing.
0: I just This might be a different question from the Apple stuff, but when it comes to Nike, I mean, how long did you work at Nike for? Because I have a question about their – during the um the Nike stuff when it came to the NBA, I forgot what they said to China. I think they were just asking about where their shoes getting – the people that are making the shoes getting like a decent wage or something like that. And China made a statement and banned that and like the NBA and a bunch of stuff from China, and I didn't know what that was about. Did you know about any of that?
1: remember that. I was there from 2012 to 2015. It might have occurred, but something else I realized through all of this was I, my brain could not watch that stuff while working at the company. So like at Apple, I couldn't read the stuff about the China factories and the suicide nets and that kind of stuff in any meaningful way, because then how do you function working at that company knowing what they do? Um, and this isn't exclusive to these tech companies. I think a lot of us are in those kind of positions, uh, a lot, most companies in the U S are very exploitive, you know? Um, so it's hard sometimes to sit with what they're doing and still be have to like participate and have that work. So it, that was something that looking back, I regret though, of like, I expected more from myself kind of thing of like, if it upset you should have just left um and I think that's also why they create such like cultures of loyalty and the whole family thing but they
0: also farm kind of younger kids as well too at least people like in their early 30s or either uh mid-20s late 20s and it's like at that point you're already kind of like being like what the fuck am I going to do with my life and I want to get on a career path and then you get this amazing job at Apple or Google or any of these types of things and I have friends that are my age I'm 25 but I have friends that are Just got a job at Google or something like that. They're like, I'm set. I'm ready to go. I'm like, yeah, see, that's the stuff that starts. It's like what happens when like you're not going to ever want to do anything to upset that company. You're thank God that you have the job. So, of course, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it's a really it's like a devil's bargain. I mean, do you sit on the board of like, I feel so unjustified by whatever's going on in here that I want to step up and say something about some unethical concerns or, I mean, I, w- I don't even know if I would be able to do that. And I have spoken about a lot of things that are serious, unethical issues. But at the same time, if you're asking someone to put their life and career, basically their future on the line, I mean, not a lot of people take that. And I know people say, we got to stand by your integrity. I was like, look, it, when you're in that position, that's not.
1: Not for millennials and Gen Z, like as an elder millennial. Who grew up during the recession who graduated with crippling students so like when i finally had that year that i could have like actual savings that i already depleted i had just paid off finally my undergrad student loans because they had bubbled up to like basically 100 grand and it was crippling me and i couldn't ever afford savings as i'm trying to get these jobs and a lot of us like we grew up even if you had like i didn't but even people who had like family wealth was like you didn't have that during the recession people lost so much freaking money Um, and everyone's struggling. So jobs were a big deal. Being able to have income was a big deal, making a lot of money. I think for people who grew up during that time, that is something you'll just shut your mouth and be like, okay, whatever you say, please. (laughs) You know, it's scary.
0: Because the thought process goes in your head of like, oh, of course I'll step up. Like when you hear someone's experience, you go, I would have stepped up too and done the same thing in the moment is a different thing. And especially when it impacts your future, I mean, do you you think that, like, even with the Apple stuff, like, if you ever won the lawsuit or if you ever got, like, a good settlement or just something or just good justice in the whole area of what stuff is being unjust, but do you think that you would be ever free from Apple just having – I feel like you're monitored the rest of your life. Like, I hate to say it. No,
1: I'd never – I will never be free. I don't think I will ever recover from the trauma of everything that's happened, the institutional betrayal, the moral injury. Cause there was also, I had discovered along the way that actually, oh, the government's completely captured on all of these labor agencies. So like, as much as I was hoping Apple would do something to help and they didn't, then I go to the EPA and all this way is coming back that EPA was trying to cover it up forever and run cover for Apple until I finally like wore them down to do their goddamn jobs. And then like going to the I'd, NLRB, I had to get my case transferred to another region cause they were such egregious. He said, I couldn't provide evidence he like tried to get me not to file those charges about the policies. <laughs> he literally worked for Apple. Come to find out, the only other investigator at their office was actively applying to join Apple HR at that moment. So like going through that process too, like you you lose faith in democracy. You're like, do it? Do we actually have a democracy? It feels like corporations literally just run everything and can do whatever they want. So I don't think I can ever like in inter- this Plato's cave. I left the cave. I wish i didn't leave the game (laughs) you know
0: red pill blue pill trust me
1: it's yeah it's hard and then to your point of the like seeing stuff and not saying it forever actually the the completely legitimate justification apple came up with for firing they sent a workplace violence interrogator to fire me suddenly like the day before my nlrb affidavit without giving me any reason um and then they came up with it later they said it was because, so I was sharing a ton of information. I was complaining so much about all the harassment over the seven years I was there, a lot of their crappy policies, and I was looking into their history and sharing that too, um, like the Apple Gestapo article, and I found an article about Apple like breaking into someone's apartment, looking for a prototype, claiming they were cops, threatening to deport him, like in 2010, <laughs> just, just, uh, someone should be in jail.
0: God, don't piss off them or TSA, I'll tell you that much, they will really fuck with you.
1: I know. So two of the things I decided to complain about, they cherry picked is supposedly the reason they fired me. One of them, I was complaining um, in August while well, I was suspended weeks before I was fired. But after I would filed government charges, they had sent me repeated emails asking to scan my ears and ear canals. And so this was something that I decided to pick up because Apple does this weird stuff with their employees for like user testing, QA, but also these medical experiments and stuff for like maybe future product or whatever um, that are weird. Like they did one for menstruation. They wanted to track their emplo- their female employees' menstruation, including What like-
0: the fuck are we talking about?
1: I know. Telerama just did an incredible article a couple months ago about this um, in my story and one of my friends was willing to share the a picture of the box. They gave her the stuff to measure her cervical mucus and report back kind of thing. like, this is your employer. <laughs> and it's not even like, what do they do with product the data? Development. product development? So they're gathering free data, free, instead of having to pay anyone um, from their employees to build a new products.
0: How much and can you tell from a menstruation?
1: Well, they're building menstruation algorithms. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. They need data
1: for it and they don't want to pay for it. And something that bothered me for a while because like they'd constantly be emailing me about like, can you come work out and we want to put sensors on you while you're on a treadmill or swimming or whatever? And I'm like, oh. no, no. And this ear thing had come up a couple years prior because I have my ears for whatever reason, like AirPods just like fall out. I have like it falls you- out of my left one. Yeah. So I had like told them, Oh, hey, like it, it just falls out if there's you are rewarded for participating in these. In fact, even my review would talk about how they they also had me living on like, they wanted R&D employees on one device for personal and work. And it was like, uh, would have the corporate profile so they could gather the best bugs, they say. So like when you run the logging, it can gather so much logging because it's not a customer device. They can go all the places, gather all the logging that you never do on a customer device saying they need that information to troubleshoot the bugs. So they want us doing everything on our devices like a customer would so they can get all that information. And they say that, like, smiling, like, Lynn, we're family and it's loyalty. And you're like, what?
0: (laughs) Damn it. This is where these conspiracies of Bill Gates come from. I fucking get it now. The whole genetic shit is just fucking. That's so.
1: It's another branch of it. It starts with, if you go very basic with, like, the software development, either you could pay for more QA people and more testing to do that stuff, or you just pressure your employees to do it outside their normal job. And in doing so, you're violating their privacy, not probably for the point of violating their privacy, but because it's a cheaper, easier way to troubleshoot stuff um, and get that data. My biggest issue even with that is when we have those uh, configuration profiles on our phone, that gives that, that worldwide loyalty team access to every single thing on that phone. So no matter what I was saying, I was participating in for whatever reason, they can go in and they can gather anything on there at any time, it, you know, keystroke recorders to the data and the files on it, whatever. So they have access to everything. And then I get more concerned when it was like, I declined the menstruation study. <laughs> I did uh, accept, and I regretted it later, the sleep study. So they had a, they bought bed it and they had these sensors that we'd put on our beds to sleep on. And they would gather, like they'd see all the data. And then, but uh, like, I felt weird midway. Cause I realized like my employer knows how I'm sleeping and when I'm sleeping and how well I slept the night before just seems like information they don't need to have. Oh,
0: I feel I, I, as soon as someone says, do you take Apple pay? I'm going to lose my shit. I swear after this podcast, this is ridiculous. I'm well, telling and you. And
1: then I went back and I looked. So as I was like gathering some data, trying to decide they're going to fire me, but I do want to expose some stuff because I want reform and Apple so secretive. So few, few people know what goes on inside Apple. Right. And so, of course, they're doing this crazy stuff because no one is like willing to talk and share what they're doing to try to get help to get them to stop. I went back and looked at sleep study. It also asks you to register your co sleepers.
0: Like what? Your dog, your husband, whatever?
1: Whatever you're fucking. They want your like boyfriends, your one night stands. They want them all registered to sign NDAs and to gather their data
0: what the fuck man?
1: And I was like, this is so bad. So the, the ears I had said uh, back then, they're like, Oh, we could scan your ear canals, So we have that data. And I was like, actually, no, indefinitely an email. I put indefinitely. Cause I was like, that's I'm not passing that line. And they, when I was suspended had sent me three emails, like one every week saying, Ashley would really love to scan your ear canals. Can we scan your ear canals? And I decided to tweet it. I redacted like team name and stuff, but like, it doesn't seem secret. Like they've been doing that. It was public information prior. Um, they said they fired. That was one of the reasons they fired me was telling people that they were asking to scan my ears and my ear canals, that that was a secret.
0: Look, <laughs> most people keep a secret <laughs> recipe, but Jesus measuring ears.
1: The bigger one, which I think is going to be, I mean, you could have me back to talk about this when this unfolds, hopefully in like a year or so. Um, but they pointed to this, uh, so I shared an app that I was tricked to get put on my phone in 2017. Like I was invited to like a social party, social event thing. It sounded like half work, but it said social and you don't really turn down anything. Cause then they ask whatever, like you just show your loyalty. So I'm like, okay. And I show up and it's like armed guards and a huge compound with like barbed wire fet. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's like out on a really hot sunny day. And that's, they were testing the new iPhone with a brand new face ID um, They hadn't really left the lab. So they were trying to do it outside with sun. And so they set up this like armed compound thing to do it cause they were still protecting the prototypes, but they tricked us to get in there to like do these tests for them in the sun so they can get data for face ID. So like you're sitting there like sweating with sunglasses on and you can't leave until you go through this whole list of stuff. They want you to do, like smile or say these things or laugh or tilt your head this way. Uh, and like, it was really messed up. And then I can't get the app off my phone after 2017, they'd sent an email like, um, a month prior saying, oh, we have this app and it's called gobbler. And, uh, we want any picture of your face is a, it's good data and installed on your phone. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I want no part of that. Um, and that's what it was. And then it's just like forever on my phone. And I'd like try to sign out and I try to remove it. But like, you have to update your software build every day to the new, whatever development. And it would always like reinstall and it would go in. And every time it thought it saw a face on your front camera, it would capture a, a number of like photos. that looks kind of like a, a video, your biometrics. Um, and it would be in an image format in that app. And so you could scroll through and you could see all these pictures it's taking of you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just anytime that front-facing camera thought it saw a face. So not even yours. People you're around, kids, if you're out in public, anything, it's gathering all those biometrics too for product Wait, development. So if
0: I'm not even on the photo like the photo app or anything like that, it's just doing it even if my phone's like if it's sitting face up
1: as far as i am aware it's not on employee or on uh non-employee phones they did get a weird patent that it sounds like they wanted to play something like it thank
0: god i was thinking of the number of selfies people take i was like thank god i've only taken like two in my life and that's it most of the time i'm taking pictures of my feet so they got my foot size pretty pretty indefinitely
1: well no here's the thing and i mean i've uh it's it was published in an article called apple cares about privacy unless you're an apple employee on august 30th 2021 um, Gizmodo wrote a wonderful article about it after Apple sent me like, a letter saying, stop talking about this. And I got a lawyer to tell them to cease and desist their harassment of me. And they never replied. Please
0: stop talking about this. But do you mind taking our year exam just once? Come on.
1: Lord of God. So that one's uh, Apple <laughs> Wander fired. They settled on an absurd excuse. And it talks about this in depth. Um, so they said that me disclosing that app was secret because it was product related. And so that was justification to fire me. I just shared that it it was called the face gobbler. I didn't want it on my phone. It was on my phone. It was, oh, so you were saying, like, oh, selfies. No. It was set up so anytime anything moves in front of that camera, even if your phone's like off black, there's no sign, there's no like alert or signal it's doing it. Just as if that camera's up, it's constantly watching. And anytime it thinks it sees a face, it captures all these images and biometrics. So like some of it is stuff where. It was just on my desk, and I'm working, and it can see part of my face. So it's capturing me as I'm talking and doing stuff. And I shared a very redacted, which I didn't even think I had to redact it, but I did just to be careful, um, series of these videos of me, of it capturing me doing stuff without me knowing clearly. It had taken naked pictures of me. There was a picture of me in the bathroom. Um, and I feel it's probably actually illegal. <laughs> to yeah. Do this at 100%. All, right. Um, because again, they're saying they're using this for product development, which is a problem anyways. Is it actually consensual data to build your products? There's an FTC concern. And I filed that with FTC of like, Face ID was built on non-consensual images of naked employees in their bathrooms. You should look into that. <laughs> like what the fuck? But then you, you also have it's like, capturing non-employee information, right? If I'm next, if you and I were in the same room together having this conversation and I had that phone just sitting on the table, it probably would have captured 20 different images of you and your biometrics. And then Apple's saying, now, if I had warned you or told you that was happening, I'd be fired.
0: Good luck. I look like Tom Holland, so it's all right.
1: <laughs> but it's like it's these secret images, like you can't do that. That's Especially what scares me is money I've, off of it.
0: I've caught my phone a couple of times um, just recording things and looked at it like, what why is that say the recording thing's going? And I'm not recording on any apps. Nothing's open. I've closed everything out. i you know, cleared every single thing and it's still doing the recording thing. And then it just cuts off. And I was like, I don't know, it was a bug or a glitch in my phone or something like that. I'm not saying anything important. Well, I look not?
1: through your history of all the interviews you've done. You're probably being spied on by someone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's the point of conversation if you can't talk about, I did get recommended by a few top names um to get a certain thing with my email. Um, just to make sure it's not like, but I always lose email. I don't care. Why, why can't I talk about things? I don't understand why people get so offended. I'm not, I'm not sparking up any dangerous things. I'm just kind of trying to get the info out there.
1: So I highly recommend the encrypted email. ProtonMail is what I've been using. Uh, Signal's not perfect because it doesn't encrypt on rest, but at least it encrypts while stuff is transferred. So like if they have access to your physical desktop, they can still read all your messages on Signal. So I warn people, like don't Don't think that it's like completely secret. If it's secret, like leave your phones at home and go talk on a park bench. (laughs) Like it's maybe secret. Um, And then for like computers and phones, cover your cameras. My God, people. Like I am so embarrassed. I went so long without covering all of my cameras. And then now like um, my desktop computers don't have cameras. So I have an external one that I'll plug in for a meeting like this and then I unplug it. So there's nothing that could even activate to watch me.
0: I only use this computer to do this, so thank God for that because <laughs> I don't – but also yeah. my phone. I use my phone when like, I'm drinking or something. If I'm like scrolling on TikTok and laughing at funny videos or I'm hanging out with friends, that scares me. I don't know. Like That, that phone thing is like I try to use my social media as less as possible. Uh, I have ADHD, so I tend to get a lot of input and not enough output, I feel like, so I tend to get anxiety and just shut it off. But I'm now going to think about even using the phone for anything. I actually took my card off of all my, and it sucks because with Apple, you have to have your thing on there. You have to have your card on there, on your account. And I'm like, well, why can't I remove it? Like, we need a card on file. I'm like, for what? I don't make any purchases. So that scares me because I know they, they're they probably the ones that get hacked the most just because it's a top priority phone.
1: There's just so much data in one place too. So I just caution people. There's a lot of stuff that you, even if someone's like, oh, they never come after me or I have nothing to hide. I'm like, it will take two seconds of your time to get a little sticky thing to put over your camera and just keep over your camera. Just do it. Well, like the gobbler thing, because it was taking pictures of anyone around me. And then Apple comes out and formally says, if I had told anyone it was taking these secret videos of them and capturing their biometrics that I would have been fired, so then I can't tell anyone and it's secretly spying on them and violating Apple's actual supposed privacy policy for customers. Because they said, that's, that's not part of it. If you're standing or you're talking next to an Apple employee, right? And then thinking about that policy, like where they say they would spy on any of my friends if I was talking to them, or they think that I had shared stuff with them about Apple means they're spying on, and if every tech comp- company is doing that, I think people are finally coming to terms with how much the government spies on us. But I think we have not started to come to terms with how much like corporations are just constantly spying on us. And they can, and despite what they say in their like formal privacy policies, they have all these other internal privacy policies, privacy, that says that they will spy if like, you know, uh, for protecting their business or fraud, this very broad statements, right? <laughs> like, So they can gather so much information. Um, I think it's just good to minimize how much information you put out there. But for me, so like when Apple sent me that saying that's why they fired me, I could tell they just picked the closest thing they thought they could, that maybe they could try to argue is somehow product related. Um, and I could tell they were implicitly threatening that they would sue me in federal court for some type of IP violation. If I was to say anything more, or even tell the government what it was. Like they were telling me like, don't tell anyone else what it is. And when they sent the their letter to the government saying why they fired me, they didn't explain what these were. They called them like Project Alpha and Project Beta. They didn't say, oh, we were trying to scan Ashley's ear canals and she got real irritated about it. Like they didn't say that. But because they sent me that letter, it's implying if I was to tell the government exactly what they were saying and to show them the examples, I could get in more trouble. Maybe they sue me. And I decided that if they're going to sue me over that, let's go to court. (laughs) Let's let's hash it out because I don't think they're going to win. And I think it's going to turn out very poorly for them. So I leaned into it and I filed a bunch of complaints about uh, what they're doing with that and what they're doing with some of their other surveillance um, to, you know, California government, U.S. governments and some international governments. Germany, I think, is still investigating. They gave it to Bavaria, where Apple has a very large face ID lab. And even Apple's own documentation for that gobbler says it's illegal in France and Germany and do not use it there. But it sounds like they are. So we'll see what happens with that.
0: Man, the anxiety. I'm sharing the anxiety with you. I could tell you that much. I feel a lot of stress, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel for you. Seriously, I mean, one takeaway, huge takeaway, besides just everything, don't use your phone ever if it's an Apple product or just any product in general. Um, is you've been through a lot, and I appreciate what you've done. Um, just so far, I know, like obviously, you're still fighting in court and everything, but just personally, I mean, coming from someone that you know understands what, how much that is to go through as a person or individual to understand all that. It's just, that's very difficult. And I'm um, thank you for stepping up as well too. I think that's a big service for a lot of people. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to get the same message from that. Uh, I'm sorry you had to go through all that as well too. I wish it was a lot easier for you um, and what you are going through, but Hopefully, you know, people listening to this will be able to check your content out as well, too, when it comes to all the links that you do have, your website, um, see all the stuff that you have filed, and at least so everybody can see the record that you do lay out um, on your website. I
1: publish so much of this stuff, so however much time you want to dedicate, you guys, like, go ahead and dig, uh, follow my True Crime Twitter posts. You can see it unfold.
0: Yeah. I'll um, I if you want to rattle off your links so people can be able to um, if they're listening, be able to search it up real quick. And also, I'll link it in the description for people to be able to click and send me your Twitter everything. Um, I gotta follow you because I'm I'm curious in my own.
1: Like literally, as I get like new FOIA docs released, I will just live tweet them as I get them. And people seem really like into just watching how it <laughs> unfolds. It gets crazier by the minute. The big discovery this week was that the EPA FOIA manager, who had been holding back a ton of documents and being really difficult, is married to a partner at the law firm defending Apple on one of my retaliation cases.
0: Damn, it's like a cult. They all got legs and they keep moving.
1: So yeah, I, uh, I'm at Ashley Jovick on Twitter, A-S-H-L-E-Y-G-J-O-V-I-K. Um, my website's ashleyjovick.com, same spelling, all one word. Uh, and then there's link trees on all that to go to the other spots. Um, that Ashley Jovic website has a lot of information on the cases, press coverage, my filings. Um, so there's something for everyone because it's such a disaster. <laughs> like, that
0: menstruation thing got me. That's fucking nuts. I could tell you that much.
1: Far. It's, it's too far. It's too So this is, and then when I went looking to see if there's precedent on this with the big companies, I assume Google's doing it. I assume maybe Facebook or whoever's doing it too. but I couldn't see anything public about it, of an employee coming forward and saying, they're doing secret medical experiments on me. It's too like World War II. Can we please put an end to this? Um, and I think in the US, it's we are so far away from GDPR. GDPR says you can't do that because the employment relationship is inherently coercive. So an employee can't actually consent to an employer about things that are that invasive because they will fear that they'll be retaliated upon or will be retaliated upon for declining to participate so that employers can't ask. So things like that, uh, video surveillance or gathering biometrics, you just can't do that in Europe. And I think the U.S. is so far away, um, we need, I'm I'm like, I saw myself as a sacrificial lamb of exposing all this and saying, Do we really think this is okay? Or do we want to move forward more like what Europe is doing and other, and other countries and federations to say, like, we need to start having better boundaries in these employment relationships where the employer can't say, I want to track your menstruation. And you're afraid you're not going to get your annual bonus. If you don't share your cervical mucus levels with your employer.
0: Is that a Southern accent?
1: Uh, I'm from rural Oregon. So it's basically the same.
0: (laughs) I thought that, I thought you were putting on an accent. I'm sorry. You immediately just switched into something. I was like, okay.
1: I'm just very upset. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, think it's good to like, I, I'm trying to bring it out. I'm trying to cause discussion, like go find one of the articles about this, go have a talk with people on your like next. i about week. start
0: tweeting it to my friends. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it, we need to start examining it and questioning what things we have normalized and have decided we think are okay. Um, and, and kind of hold it up to the light of day. Cause like, if I had just told you maybe about the ear thing, you're like, that's weird, but whatever. But then when I'm like, and the menstruation and whoever I'm sleeping with, and you're like, that's not okay. You know, I think we we normalize a lot of it, but it gets so bad. It gets so egregious that hopefully that can trigger us to be like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this at all. Maybe they should just pay actual people who are consenting to go do that. I
0: I talked to a couple people on my show from other countries about emerging technologies and how fast they're encroaching onto like uh, birth control and things of this sort Where it's Like, well, this is like very like period trackers apps, a real thing. Um, but she's like, yeah, once it starts going, you just see that the ideas keep popping out and it becomes more normalized and more normalized and more normalized. And what normally you would need a consenting form for from a doctor. Every time you even use the app, they don't tell you that if they take out your name, they can put you in a survey of a percentage population of this. So they'd use your data the stuff that that's you, they tell you about but they just take your name off you use your age they use your weight they use every single thing about like a period tracker app and then put it in a giant survey and that's how they get their numbers and i'm like yeah that's a breach of privacy even if they take your name off the thing
1: well and when they say like they'll anonymize it you're like what does that actually mean because most of the time it's really easy to like re-identify it uh and if uh, folks haven't seen go check out the decision from ftc yesterday i believe it was yesterday or wednesday on ring um, Ring got in really big trouble because they weren't controlling uh, all these recordings they were taking with their cameras, and all kinds of employees and contractors could see all these super personal videos of people in their homes. And they even caught one guy that was creeping on women's cameras in their bedrooms and bathrooms. It sounds like there was a whistleblower, uh, like who tried to raise it to her boss, being like, the dude's creeping on all these women," and the boss was like, "It's fine." And then the complaint says that the boss realized it was an issue when it was only pretty women. The guy was creeping on. Like, so you see, I saw that and I'm like, that's so everything about that's so loaded. I could talk about this for seven hours. (laughs) What are we doing? So the lack of controls of who has access to the data, what are they doing? Why are they even doing it? And flagging issues and then like a qualitative decision like that of when is it creepy means like you have no governance. You clearly have no internal controls or governance. What? Are, so the FTC said that and said like part of your remedy needs to be actually creating oversight programs and records and tracking and documentation. You need to delete all this crap. You need to delete any algorithms you built off these non-consensual recordings. Um, and then they're supposed to like, uh, they requested like issuing an apology to consumers saying, so we did some bad stuff, but we're going to be better. <laughs> like, So it's good to see that there's some movement starting here, but it really is with this egregious, it was like mine of like pictures of naked women in their bathrooms and their bedrooms seems to be the only thing that finally pushes it over the cliff. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Ashley, I we've been talking for about an hour and a half, a little bit longer. Um, I appreciate the time you gave me to talk on my show. Seriously, you're welcome back anytime. I'm sure once I start diving through your Twitter a little bit and looking through some of the articles that you have uh, posted about, I'll have you right back on because I'd love to talk to you again. It was a pleasure. Um, like I said, thank you so much for giving me the time to speak on my show. Is there anything you want to say to out there out there to anybody listening? Any warnings, any advice?
1: Yeah, the uh, we'll link to my whistleblower article I just published to the whistleblower retaliation article. I think it's, I just want people to be aware that especially in the US, when you raise issues, it seems more likely that not seems data shows it's way more likely than not that you'll just be retaliated upon. And it's rare for issues to go forward. So that doesn't mean people shouldn't bring issues forward. But I do encourage people to use that threshold of like, is it some people say like, are people going to die then you're a whistleblower if people aren't going to die you're not a whistleblower i think it should be like a lower threshold than that but um properly prepare yourself that there will be probably an uh, antagonistic response so as much information as you can gather or evidence prepare yourself with pr pre- prepare yourself with your families all of that um i do recommend if possible like anonymous reporting like if i could go back and find a way that i could have stayed anonymous i probably would have <laughs> like if i had a time machine um so At the same time, though, like the more people that are willing to reveal what's going on in some of these mysterious companies, I think is so needed right now because we really don't know what they're up to. Um, So I hope to see more people coming forward. I, I hope that we can get some whistleblower reforms. I also I've been whistleblowing on the whistleblower retaliation I faced. So I encourage others if they are willing and dealing with that to do the same. So people have a better idea of how terrible it is and that we need actual reform Like, it should be criminal to do, break into your whistleblower's house to install surveillance equipment. Common sense. Um, Common sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. I'm going to link all your links in the description. Like I said, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.